0: Welcome back, everybody. Rounding third of the Baseball Podcast, episode forty-six. Lots of great stuff to talk about today. James' live reaction from Great American Ballpark, where the Dodgers won ten to five. Today, today I, consider I consider myself, myself the luckiest, the luckiest man, man, man on the face, on the of, the face of the earth. <laughs> James, tell tell us about it. Lots of stuff we're going to talk about today, lots of segments we're going to do, but it's always great when you get to see a game in person, a Kershaw versus Hunter Green game. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, get your broom out of the closet. I mean, we got a sweep going on in
1: Cincinnati, Ohio. Obviously, it's the expectation. I expected nothing less. You have a team that's actively trying to lose and a team trying to win a World Series Combination of that's gonna be a lot of winning for one side. Uh for the game, I do love Cincinnati. Great ballpark, great atmosphere. And I'll say this: it was a afternoon game today, twelve thirty-five start, uh, in the Queen City. Not a ton of fans in attendance, but man, the Cincinnati fans had that place rocking, legitimately had that place a couple times. I'm looking around like, what's going on? Now, also Dodgers fans came out in strides had some Will Smith chants going, got the Freddie action going. I mean, it was a classic. And, of course, for me, being such a huge Kershaw fan, always a special moment to see Kershaw. I now have been at his last three starts in Cincinnati. Pretty happy about that stat. Uh, he's also 3-0 and in that span. Also got a win with him in a Dodger stadium. So, you know, Kershaw, lucky hand. Me, Austin Barnes, Kershaw, all in lockstep. But game was great. The bats were big. Tons of jacks. We had a belly bomb, a Freddie bomb. We had uh, Trace Thompson, newly acquired. Clay Thompson, brother, was getting chirped pretty heavily in the field. Smashed a bomb. Even Tommy Fam on the Reds, bomb. All no-doubters. Every hold Love on, no-doubter. Yeah, I, I said that Will Smith, but yeah, also Max Months had a Mad Max shot. Uh, Mad Max, three for three on the day. Belly also played pretty well. I think three for three with a walk or the sack fly. So uh, just an awesome game there. Kershaw, I love to me, Max, one of my favorite things in baseball is when Kershaw just embarrasses people with the 72 mile an hour, 12 six, and they just swing. The ball's not even halfway to the plate. They swing, they're gone. And I just laugh. I was laughing hysterically at least five times today. Like I get, if I got up there, I'd swing and miss like a fool
0: but it's like you're a pro baseball player. That that was pretty embarrassing. Um, Let me ask you this. I know I, you sent me a picture of where you were sitting. There were quite a few bombs and I think Muncie hit one to right field belly hit one to right field. Were those near you at all? Did you have any chance at any balls?
1: So this is where I get into where I said, I really have a story to share on the show. One of the sadder moments of my entire life, um, Obviously, huge Dodgers fan, big belly guy. uh, Got to the game, was feeling frisky, got through three innings. I was like, oh, I got to grind this out. And just so everyone knows, on Kershaw days, I care more about pitching than offense. Want to see every single pitch Kershaw throws, classic. Sound like we're going to ride through this inning, ride through the third inning, watch the Kershaw finish the bottom of it in between. I'm going to the snack stand. I'm getting me some hot dogs, a little popcorn, you know, get it going. Well, in that time, I go to get popcorn. I'm walking back. I'm literally two section doors away from my section, right field section, and I hear crack of the bat, Cody Bellinger. Here's some cheering, not loud. I'm like, did did it get caught? What's going on? All right, Cody Bellinger, home run. It becomes clear. As I'm walking back, he's, like, rounding the bases. I'm coming down to the stairs, and I pull up. But I have two seats, me and my father, right on the aisle here, row F, seventh row. And I start to hear, oh, yeah, that home run was hitting, like, the seventh row, whatever. I walk down. The guy next to me looks over and goes, oh, dude, you know where that Bellinger home run ball went? He goes, (laughs) literally the steps right next to you. The guy in front of me goes, yeah, I jumped up and tried to catch it, and it was just over my fingertips. And I was like – ah so it was max it was so painful i i was legitimately plus or minus well not plus or minus i was 45 seconds away from having the opportunity in my life with a ball directly at my chest and of course like if i dropped like i'm not that ball's not getting away from me you know i would have given it to a kid if a kid was there but regardless moment of my life blew it was blew it with hot dogs in hand. I mean, I, I was having like, like a summer or a Sunday scaries for like three innings. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, it was right there. It
0: was literally like it hit the step next to my chair. Oh my God. That's so important. Even when that happened, I think Muncie's and Bellinger's, I like slowed down the video. Cause I knew you were somewhere in that area. And I was like, Oh, like, let's see. <laughs> let's see if James caught this ball. Um, That is so unfortunate. I can't believe that.
1: It is. And, I mean, I've gone to a ton, a ton, a ton, just like you, baseball games. I've never even had a ball like – I've had a couple in the vicinity, never had one that's a catch radius. I mean, this was like – could not have been better, and it's just like I – I mean, it was a brutal like two innings where I just sat there like I really didn't catch a belly home run ball so I could eat this damn hot dog. Decent hot dog, but like wow. I mean, 45 Uh, seconds. It wasn't even like 10 minutes. It's like I was like, if the card goes through quicker on a swipe, like instead of insert, if I do fucking tap the chip, probably catch that ball. Absolutely brutal. So that was my bad beat today. Outside of that incredible game, Dodgers, little 10-5 piece. Got weird there for a second. Tommy Pham crushed the uh, ball, thought they could have come back. No question. Pit him away, got the brooms out. The bats had a day Kershaw embarrassing batters ERA down to two Oh three. We're cooking. Great game. Loved it. Shout out to queen
0: city. There you go. It was a pretty good game. 16 hits for the Dodgers, 13 for the reds. I mean, that's quite, quite a number, but. And I'll also add
1: five front game. Kershaw only gave up one. It just became a uh, Phil Bickford was just got housed. Phil Bickford, absolutely. house shot, uh, but, yeah, I, if I would have caught that ball, would have been all over the the Twitter. Right? I mean, I would have been losing my I'd still be losing my mind. Uh, you live and you learn. No more hot dog breaks on offense, I guess. I don't know when to get the hot dog, though. Like, I'm not missing Kershaw. Go in between the game. Just an L. Just an L. What can you do? You'll just have to go back soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe, get, maybe that's just what I'll start doing. Just start scalping right field tickets every game and just be like, Belly, you have to send me a ball again, please. But fumble the opportunity. You live and you learn, Max.
0: Yeah, there we go. How about, James, let's turn to some storylines, really one storyline um, before we go into Preacher Reach and Spicy and Dicey, Lock the Week, Sunday Night Baseball. Um, that's Shohei Otani. I mean, obviously, he's the face of baseball, arguably, one of the faces of baseball, Um, international superstar, pitcher, batter. What he did this past week, like, I think we really need to stop normalizing what he does. I mean, we don't really, like, every every time he plays, it's a big deal, but we can never take this for granted. Like, I think it was Tuesday... Maybe Monday. Well, Monday or Tuesday. Game two of the series against the Royals. He hits two home runs, including a game-tying three-run homer late in the game. And a a career-high eight RBIs in one game. Not only that, they've never had the lead in that game, which is the first time that's ever happened. Eight ribbies, no lead. First time ever. That's so brutal. You want to talk about brutal? Like, you bat in eight runs, never even sniff a lead. And of course, like this blows up. I mean, it's an it's an eight RBIs in a game is unbelievable to drive in eight runs in one game. And then the next night, go ahead, James. Before I get to, I the just night. want I just
1: want to add on that you know the the comparison for Shohei Otani is obviously George Ruth or the Babe as he's more commonly known, Babe Ruth, career high seven
0: RBIs in a game. So Shohei, we're elevating. We're elevating. And then the next night in the series finale, which let's not pretend the Angels were playing great. I think they were down 2-0 in this series to the Royals at home. But Shohei gets the bump on game three, takes the mound, strikes out a career-high 13. Eight innings pitched, no runs, 13 Ks. I mean, sets a career-high 13 Ks. That is just... I mean, like that is an unbelievable performance in itself. If any pitcher put up those numbers we'd be like, you know, it'd be the ESPN Instagram post. that would blow up. But let alone the guy hit two dingers and eight ribbies the day before. Yeah, I
1: I love what you said. Like, we can't normalize this. You know, the MVP, and now we're just used to it. He crushes baseballs and he pitches. But it's like, I think this little series of games, because obviously it's blown up. I mean, this one-two punch back-to-back, because it, it may be the most ridiculous like 24-hour stretch in baseball. Like, if you look back, I think this has to be it. I mean, eight RBIs, two homers with 13K. I mean, I that has to be the best 24-hour run that's ever happened in baseball. And it's like, yeah, at this point, you can't normalize this. He is
0: not playing the game that we are all accustomed to. It's just so, it, it's so unbelievable. Um, and just for him to be able to do this on a nightly basis, like, I, I wonder what... I would love to hear from his teammates, like what it's like to be around him on a day-to-day basis. Is he really just that much more special than everybody else? Like for him to, I know he's had injury issues early in his career, but he's pretty much stayed mostly healthy these past two seasons as both a pitcher throwing over a hundred miles an hour for eight innings and a batter who's, you know, I think he did he win the AL home run record last year he might he he was up there he was racing for it but what he's doing is just unbelievable like he is a player that we'll be telling our kids about and grandkids about in 80 years
1: Yeah, he's almost so low-key and nonchalant about it it's almost so low-key at this point that you don't think about it but it's like yeah in 20 years, I don't think you can tell the story of baseball. Like, right now, you cannot tell the story of baseball without Babe Ruth. Obviously, he's not right there, but he's about as close as you got. I mean, this guy's nuts, Max. Like, I, I just don't know. You have eight RBIs and followed it up with a 13K game. That's it's like My question is, like, what is, when he finally hits free agency, what is that? contract going to look like because you're going to have to pay if his agent's worth anything he's at least getting 75 percent of the combined rate for an, a very good ace and the best hitter or one of the best power hitters in baseball it's like what is that contract because that's 750 million dollar contract for like 13 14 years like trouts or like that's going to be something
0: right yeah i mean who knows what it'll be like. I know he was going through arbitration last year and I think something carried into this year too. So I don't think he's eligible for free agency yet. I don't know the specifics on it, but but yeah. It's also tough though for a team because you know, a pitcher has their own set of injury issues that they can go through that's sort of independent from a batter's. So you're kind of taking on double the burden but you're getting an ace of aces and one of the best DHs in baseball. So, I mean, he's going to get a bag. Where he goes, I don't know. I, I could totally see him staying in L.A. with Trout. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times you see international players come over and then stick with a team for a long time. The across sports, think about Ichiro. He stayed with the Mariners for the majority of his career until he went to New York. Or in NBA, in the NBA, there are a bunch of comparisons. Uh, Giannis, Hakeem Lajwan until the end of his career. So I could totally see him staying in L.A. The only difference is that when he first
1: picked, and obviously there was a huge bid in Ward for Shohei, and that doesn't even do him justice. I mean, I don't think anyone knew he would be this good. But the big difference is now DH is universal. There's a lot of National League teams that – are right there primed for it. And look, like I don't necessarily want him on the Dodgers, but I'm also not crazy enough to say, don't give me the MVP. Right. Like he's not a guy. I'm like, this is number one on the wish list, but like he's insane. I mean, it's just the stuff he, the eight are, if you have a hitter who gets eight RBIs in a game in a season, it's like, wow, that was incredible. If you have a pitcher who gets 13 games, you're like, what a performance to do it back to back. It's just, it, he doesn't even get recognized as it's crazy to say as the unanimous reigning MVP. He does not get
0: recognized enough for how good he is. I I think he, I will say maybe we don't appreciate him enough, but I, I I do think he gets global recognition. I mean, I do feel like he gets posted about a lot and he's always on ESPN and stuff like that. Um, But it, it, I mean, there's not a single team that wouldn't want to be in the bidding war for Shohei Otani. I mean, he's a two-for-one package. He really is. And it'll be interesting to see what that happens. I mean, if it if he becomes, you know, just an unrestricted free agent, um, which I don't think you can restrict in MLB, but if he just has open offers from everybody, I mean, if you can compete for him, why wouldn't you throw in money? It'll be so interesting to see what deals develop for him and, you know, what he values when he's looking for a team. I th- I think Colorado
1: is going to offer him a billion dollars. <laughs> I just feel like, whatever, we have Chris Bryant for forever. Uh, here's a billion dollars, come hit 60 home runs. GG. <laughs> I don't actually think that's real. I just Colorado has no clue what they're doing, so who
0: knows But I'd be yeah. excited to see that contract. I honestly at this point treat his at bats and definitely his starts as must watch like y- you just have to put the game on if Shohei's pitching um, it, and so in this and when he bats too it's like on demand. I'm, I'm following the game but it, when he comes to the plate you just have to turn it on because every time he's up to the plate something special can happen. Yeah, no, I'm very much with that. If I'm in, like, a
1: bar or somewhere that game's on and Shohei's up to bat, like, I'll be, like, at the door to leave, but I'm, like, head-back popped in. I'm, like, I, I have to catch this last little bit. Right, um, right. I mean, yeah, just what a what a run from Shohei. You have to call it out. Just, again, it's a testament to the incredible, incredible stuff he does night in, night out uh, in this league. Although, Max, this is kind of on the fly. It's something we didn't really talk about putting into the show, but something you said that prompted it. So if you're okay with shifting off show, I have a direction go to go. You bring up arbitration. Some Of all the arbitration cases for the year, just finished, two particular ones that interested me. One, you had Max Fried, who just won a World Series with the Atlanta Braves, get sent to arbitration, by the Braves, over what I believe was it, it was I think eighty five k. I'm
0: I'm pretty positive.
1: Let me uh, fact check. It this was
0: a, I, I think it was a two hundred and fifty k difference between he accepted for six point eight five million when the Braves won at six point six. Yeah. So okay. So that that's a two hundred
1: thousand dollar difference on a six million dollar contract. Why are you doing that? Like why are you you just won a World Series, why are you busting one of your best pitchers balls like that? I mean, two hundred K for that payroll for that team, the revenue of Brand New Park World Series, like that's chump change. And to even stress your pitcher out in the middle of the season by having to go to arbitration, it's worth two hundred K to just not get in his head the week he has starts. Like am I missing something here, Max? Or like no, I saw him. I was like, This is insane.
0: Yeah, I see. I, I'm not so super like familiar about how the what how the debates go down and the two sides. I mean, I know they get in front of an arbiter and both um, represent their sides and their opinions for it. But were the Braves constrained in any way to they have to go and fight it, or do they have total flexibility to just? They have the option to just accept his
1: off. Op- so the way arbitration works is obviously like. So freed submitted 6.85 brave submitted 6.6 at any time through that process, they can just fold and accept six, eight, five. Now it's weird about arbitration. They don't pick a middle ground. They pick one of the two offers, right? But it's just like, seriously, what are you like? This is one of your best pitchers off a world series. I think you just owe him the two, like you just give them the 200 K to not be dicks, like just to be like, cool. We just won a world series, whatever. Here's a like, bonus. Here's a little extra cash. Like, why shake down your guy for 200K? Like, it's one thing, like, okay, we're talking a mil fives. Like, this has payroll implications. You can't even sign a league minimum contract for 200K. So it's like, you're not doing anything with that money salary cap-wise or luxury
0: tax-wise. Yeah, and the Braves got into a lot of arbitration cases, too. Uh, They lost this one to Freed. Freed won this one. Dansby Swanson won one to get $10 million dollars. Um, over nine point two seven, th- excuse me, ten million dollars, uh, instead of like nine point two or something. Adam Duvall lost his, Austin Riley lost his, and their reliever Luke Jackson also lost his. So they were involved in a lot of different cases, which is interesting. But comparing this to Judge, who's the only player actually that hasn't done his arbitration case, his his numbers are just ridiculous compared. I think it's tw- he's asking for twenty one and the Yankees are refuting with 17. And obviously there's, you know, he turned down that extension in the offseason because he was betting on himself. And now he is best player in the, league, in the American League for sure. Um, and so he's betting on himself and winning. So that'll be interesting to see last year. But it's weird the Braves are, you know, so many different players and so many notable players are in arbitration right now.
1: I mean, I can maybe even see it on some of the swanson ones, i just don't get a two hundred thousand dollar one like is it even worth your time to send a braves attorney there i mean obviously like but like for an ace what are you doing but i'm happy you brought up judge that's where i wanted to pivot again i ask look the difference in money we are talking a little bit more i, I believe four million or it's 21 to 17 cf4 uh what i'm sure there's money there again you're the yankees Your whole brand is built on outspending anyone, so that shouldn't be an issue. Aaron Judge is the best player in the American League right now. He is on pace to destroy, easily win an MVP, in my opinion. The Yankees are scorching hot, very much on the back of his bat, and he's going to be a free agent, and you're trying to convince him to sign with you. I don't think the best way to start negotiations on that contract is to nickel and dine him for $4 million in the middle of a season when he is the best player or most hot player in baseball. Like, again, fold the offer. Pay him $4 million because he's going to hit 30 jacks next week. I mean, that's what I don't care if you're a team. It's like you don't think that gets in his head at all. Like, you're trying to seriously keep this guy, and you're
0: trying to shake him down in the middle of him Being the best hitter on the planet this year, I I want. I do wonder what these teams' financial constraints are. I mean, obviously the Yankees, you could say, don't really have many. They like to spend money, but you know, a lot. Some of these arbitration hearings, what the team's offering versus what the player wants, could be within the team's reason to try to work out their salary and make sure things fit. Especially with the Braves, with so many players in arbitration, they may be more inclined to save a little money here when. You know they might lose these cases, might win these, and want to stay within some type of budget. The Aaron Judge thing, I mean, I, I that's a huge jump, right? Four million. That's nearly uh, a twenty-five percent, a little more than twenty-five percent increase uh, in his salary, or a little less than twenty-five percent. Um, so who knows? Um, I, I I don't know how much it plays in Aaron Judge's feelings. I mean, I know you say it does more than we think but i mean the guy hit two home runs yesterday he's on pace for over 60 and the yankees have 52 wins like they're not doing much wrong but it's interesting i mean aaron judge is though he's one of those guys in baseball that you just have to pay i mean he's worth every dollar you can get out of him for sure I mean, I think
1: that's where my problem is. And, and I don't mean his, like, on-field performance is fine. Look, he's a professional. He's going to lock in and destroy baseballs. He's in a contract year and having one hell of a contract year. But I'm just looking, if you're the Yankees, I think it's absolutely critical they re-sign Judge. I mean, I think this team without Judge is not even I, – I, they're good. They're still good, but they're not the level that they're at. And it's like, if I'm a Yankee, the Yankees GM – uh brian cashman then i would the four million dollars is worth it even if it gets me one percent closer to him inking a contract that's how i'd start this i would go in i wouldn't even do arbitration i'd go to the clubhouse i'd rip up the team's offer sign his 21 million right there and say great judge you're incredible we're gonna pay you that we're gonna pay you more let's talk extensions baby but instead, it's like, hey, we're going to shake you down upside down. It's like they're almost begging for Steve Cohen and the Mets to give him a boatload of money and just be like, hey, we're not going to shake you down. We just want you to play and we will pay you and pay you
0: fat, crazy checks. How much do you think this se- the result of this season, I mean, not that how much it influences, but like if they win the World Series this year, I mean, he should for sure get a blank check because they'll just have so much revenue, so much money coming in. He leads them to a World Series for the first time in 15 years or whatever it is. Um, but but if they fall short, I wonder how that would play into the Yankees' willingness to pay him maybe those that extra 10 or so million dollars. If they win a World Series and do not give assuming
1: Aaron Judge is a big part of that. I don't see a way in which they win a World Series without him being a major factor. If they don't find a way to pay him, I'm ready to write off the entire organization as a farce because it's like you just you can't have that happen. It's one yeah. thing if they get outbid as Steve Cohen. is just like I'm going to offer him 650000000 million. You're not matching that because it's an insane rate. That's one thing. But it's like I think the original extension talks were somewhere around the $400 million figure. Pump them to five, get the deal inked. That's what I don't get. It's like, we're, we're fighting over $4 million. This next contract is going to be gigantic. 4 million will be not even a percent of it. I, I just don't get it. And I can't, I do not believe that the Yankees payroll or not their payroll, but their whole P and L their profit and loss. I do not believe they're sitting between a $4 million teeter, uh, of being profitable or not. I'm pretty sure they can drop 4 million to keep judge happy. And bring him closer Fuck the fans may crowdfund it. I bet if you threw a GoFundMe up there. Carlos, get on Twitter, start a GoFundMe. We're gonna get Aaron Judge this extra four million and help out the Yankees that way. I mean again, like I'm big brain here doing bigger things to Brian Cash. I just had to do that because I don't understand teams, nickel and diming great players. I want the Dodgers, don't arbitrate. Give Mookie Betts whatever he won. Of course that's a situation I'll never be in. But like you're yeah, I mean, he's, he's already been a free agent. But now I will say, I will say though, they do go through arbitration with Bellinger.
0: I support that process because he bats sub 200. Let's start in preach, <laughs> let's turn into preacher reach. Um, James, we each brought three statements per usual. Am I preaching or am I reaching? Uh, let me get, let me hit you with this one first. We were just talking about the Yankees and Aaron Judge. Similar to on that vein, not about Judge, but about the Yankees. I say the Yankees will set an all-time wins record for most wins in a major league season. The record was recently done by the Mariners in 2001 at 116. Um, right now, the Yankees are tied for their third best start in their franchise history. Tied with uh, or, or tied or worse than the 1928, 1939, and 1998 Yankees. All three of those teams won the world series right now. They're on pace for 120 wins. So to beat it by four, but before I throw it to you, keep in mind, like, is it really about how well they've done thus far? I mean, they've, they've been so good that you have to expect that they keep that up and can they do that? They've scored more runs than anybody and allowed less than anybody. All right. Well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to immediately pitch in the reach
1: category. I think you're reaching. I like where it's coming from. I agree more if you're looking at these other Yankees teams, this team is pretty much on the fast track to World Series. I'd probably agree with that. The one thing, and keep in mind, this marginal, we're talking four games. This is very close. They're already just barely at pace to do. I mean, clearly they're a little bit above pace, but we're not talking about some padded lead. The second half of the season is filled with many more divisional rival games. That's my hesitation. The AL East is very, very good. Again, four teams over 500 records. When almost, and now again, the Yankees just played an AL East team twice. The Rays just beat up on them mercilessly. But my thought is, when you're playing all these teams more frequently, we're talking about wild card hunts, and you know some of the Toronto's playing for a wild card spot. I think it's going to be hard to reach that pace for these Yankees teams. That's why I think your reach. I don't think it's an a, uh, egregious reach. I just think looking at the stats, looking at the AL East, I can't say that they're going to break the Mariners' record.
0: Fair answer. There you go. I mean, I, I, I don't really think they'll do it either, but it could be tight, and they've shown no signs of slowing down. Wow. Well, while we're on all the Yankees talk, I got one
1: Yankees preacher reach, so I'm just going to get that out of the way. We already talked about it, but this for me is a foregone conclusion. There's maybe one rebuttal. I'm interested to see what you have to say. My take, no question, Aaron Judge walks away with American League MVP. I borderline think it's decided.
0: I'm I, I'm going to say you're reaching that it's, borderline decided, um, especially with how Jordan Alvarez has been playing as late. I mean, he's at four before coming into today, they're playing the Yankees right now. Um, he had four home runs in his last four days, including two yesterday. And already in this game, I, I stopped watching once we started recording this, but he had a three run homer or maybe it was a two run homer. He had a, another home run anyway. Um, but judge is the favorite. I mean, no question about that. Um, But is he runaway? I wouldn't say so. And keep in mind, still Shohei, Trout, Jose Ramirez is having a good season. Devers, Laddie, Buxton. I mean, we saw last year Bryce Harper kind of came out of nowhere in the second half of the season and took the NL MVP because it was kind of up for grabs. But Judge is the favorite. I'm not going to discount Judge. He's the favorite. But runaway? I don't know. I'll take most of those names, but get Devers the hell
1: out of that list. I mean, he's had a great season, but he's not. I mean, if it slips through Judge's hands, I imagine it's Shohei or it's going to be Jose because he's 190 RBIs. Maybe Trout scoops it up. Not a, That thing's got to bounce all the way down the road, past Buxton, get up through Minneapolis all the way to get – no, not a chance Devers wins it unless he bats 400 in the second half. But – so we'll see. So I'm
0: reaching your reach to my – I, Take, I whatever. Think reach. How about this, Wilson Contreras? We talked about him um, in our AL All Star. He's got to be the starting catcher. He's traded by the deadline. Preaching or reaching? Oh, I, no question. I think that's a preach. I mean,
1: he's sort of a weird fringe player because he wasn't quite. He kind of came into that Cubs dynasty, that 2016 team, and you know, David Ross was still catching him split time. He's kind of the last remnants of that. Obviously, the Cubs are atrocious. They're not in a position to win right now. they got to rebuild the whole thing, re-go up, you know, just restart. And he's scorching hot. I mean, you're never going to get more value out of Contreras than trading him right now, trying to get someone who's making a playoff push to bolster their catcher position. I think that's a no-brainer. Great call. Definitely preach. I'm on board. Not a chance. He's wearing not a chance his, his home field's Wrigley
0: Field after the deadline. Zero percent. Zero. I agree. I, I think so, too. I mean, I've seen some arguments that he's, you know, because of his offensive production at the catcher spot, he's such a valuable asset that they could look to build him around him with, say, Christopher Morrell, Seah Suzuki. But I think this team's going to sell it all. And a team that I think could get them is the Houston Astros. Uh, they're looking to make a push again, and and they're looking incredible, too. And Martin Maldonado, who is their catcher, he is just piss poor offensively. But his management of their rotation and his relationship with Verlander is is so good over these years that, you know, it's it's what do you want. But having Contreras like that in your lineup is a huge boost over Maldonado.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of destinations that I could see a little, you know, a catcher who can actually, like, produce offensively, like night in, night out, it's a huge asset. It's almost getting a free bat. Cause like today when Austin Barnes comes up, you know, he's Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher. Like it's worse than when the pitcher hit. Like, I'm just like, wow. Like, can I just get an out and not have to watch the at bat, which I will say, shout out Barnesy two walks today. Great eye. But I mean, most catchers are at that level. So if you get one. That's producing Contreras. He's got to, I And I don't know the people that are saying, oh, the Cubs will build around them. What games are you watching? You can't build anything to make this team win. I mean, at this point, it's a stretch that they're watchable. I, that's the stretch. So it's like if we could even build them up to be watchable, that would be something. He's got to go. I mean, why even just rip that Band-Aid, get that era out of there, do a couple more sucky years, trust the process, you'll be back. I'm fine with rebuilding as long as at some point you'll spend salary and try to
0: win. The I mean, the like things is, though, like, perpetual. we, we got to give them time. I mean, they, they had this whole run since 2016 where they finally sold everybody last year. And this is their first year where I think it's justified for a team to go into rebuild mode. It's clearly this the team that they had wasn't competing for World Series anymore. The Rizzo, the Bryant years, uh, Javi Baez that I think that wave passed. So they were like, now I think they were right to pack it up then. And now they have morell and obviously they're a bad team and they're going to continue to be a bad team for the next five years, but having morell and bringing in Suzuki, having that leadership of Wilson Contreras, who is 30 years old now and had that postseason experience, it, it could be a reasonable opportunity for them to build around some of these players and bring players up. So, you know, I'm I think it could be reasonable for them to want to hold on to him and have him in the locker room as they continue to build. I mean there's an argument there and I do I respect the Cubs rebuild. Like
1: this is I think a rebuild they've shown in the past they will pay when they find the team. I agree with you. That team was not winning again. They just weren't. They weren't gonna be able to get it done again. I, my thought is just, like, rip that Band-Aid off. Get every person that was in the 2016, Get just get them out of there. We got to – like, you have to start from ground zero if you want to compete. Because, like, even with Contreras, he's maybe the best leader on the face of the earth. This team, unless you completely start and reload up all the prospects and do the whole process, you're never competing with I think that's Houston, fair. Houston,
0: you know. Because, so. like – they, he's also not the only guy that they're probably going to get rid of. You'll probably see them move Hap. they will probably move Wisdom too. And so I, I do think that I, – I think that they'll move him. I don't think he will be. But, you know, I, I could see the Cubs' argument for wanting to keep him around. I mean, he's a great player, and having a great catcher is also, um, is also really good. But I, I do think he'll be moved. I, I think the Cubs are going to do another selling spree. Is there any argument to the fact that they may keep him just
1: honest, honestly to have someone that casual Cubs fans know? Because, like, Chicago, huge city, they're not all diehard baseball fans. Outside of Contreras, like, you don't really know these guys. You're either, like, a Cubs fan or baseball fan and know them, or, like, you're not. But, like, every person in the city of Chicago knew Anthony Rizzo, knew Chris Bryant. I mean, Stroman's got the name recognition, but he's new year one. I mean outside of Contreras there is no casual Chicago Chicagoans
0: that like yeah and I mean I mean he's he also that 2016 team was his rookie year and he was great I mean he batted like 290 and he's been over 270 his whole career but he wasn't like prime Wilson Contreras World Series I mean he he was a big part of that team but he wasn't the same Wilson Contreras he is now I mean, he was he was also literally splitting starts with David
1: Ross, right, who's now right. his manager, which is crazy in itself. Um, yeah, I think he get moved. He gets moved. Okay, this is the one I got for you. I'm not even sure it's much of a take. I've just been tracking, and for some reason, I feel this. It's been a recent feeling on me. I think the Braves win the National League East right now. Braves are 41 and 30. The Mets are 45-26, and 26, you know, four-game difference there. Of course you have DeGrom Scherzer. Sure. I mean, I want to hear your rebuttal, but I think that the Braves, the pace they're going,
0: I think they they take the division. It's so tough. I mean, I said this in our last episode in the Sunday standings that I said the Braves would at some point in the season pass the Mets. Not, I didn't say whether they would win it or not, but I think they would at some point take over the first-place spot. I, it's so hard. I See, if you're saying that they will win it for sure, I'm just going to say I think you're reaching. I think they totally can, but they are not my pick. Um, I, think about this Mets team. Sure, they've had their struggles of late. They lost two in Houston. Um, but they don't have DeGrom and they don't have Scherzer. And some of their pitchers have missed some time. And these two big names who they spent... All this money on Scherzer and obviously how good DeGrom is, they don't even have these guys in. And think about when you throw those guys in the lineup. They're like instant wins pretty much because your opponent is not going to score. And then now to move Bassett down and Eduardo Esc- or Escobar whoever, Taewon Walker, move these guys down in the rotation, I think that team is going to be tough, and I don't think we've seen them at their full potential so I still lean towards the Mets in the NL East. I just do. Yeah, I think my only hesitation is the
1: fact that you have Scherzer and DeGrom coming back, so you're not seeing the Mets like fully in action. But it's like even if they have to build up and you know they're limited on pitch counts early, I could see a way where the Mets are actually clearly the better team at the end of the season in a wild card because the Braves just have a minor lead and have held it and just held, like, a two-game lead the entire time. Again, I mean, I think they're built for it. They just won a
0: World Series. I think um, one thing we can both agree on is that they're both playoff teams, regardless. Like, I think we both agree that, one, the, the loser is going to be probably the first wild card. If not, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even
1: consider a playoff right. that didn't feature Atlanta or New York. So I think
0: totally on board on the same page there. All right, get, here's my final one. Kind of, I feel like we've been talking about these teams, but they're kind of relevant. Astros, Yankees, they're starting a series tonight. They're the two best teams in the American League by far. Is this series, this four-game series, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Astros at the Bronx, is it a preview of the American League Championship Series?
1: I agree with you that they are the two best teams in the American league. I do not agree with you that this will be the ALCS. Really? I do. This may be one of the more controversial things I've said. I do believe that Houston will be in the ALCS. I do not think that's the matchup. The Yankees look incredible. I think something happened. I have a sneaky suspicion it's going too good. They're going to get undercut and like the DS by the Red Sox or something like that. Maybe not the Red Sox. It could be. I mean, I have a weird feeling. I don't know why, like they look incredible. I'm worried that the Yankees are going to march straight to a world series, but I have this, just this notion in my head that they've been so They'll be so good all year wire to wire and they're just going to get, I don't know, unfocused or something, and in one of those early
0: series, they make it pop. I don't We're know talking. why I
1: feel that way.
0: My first question to you is whether they would set the all-time wins record. That team that we mentioned, the Mariners, they lost in the ALDS that year to the Yankees, despite going 116 and 48 or whatever the math is. Um, it's So I think it will be. I, I mean, it's the obvious choice. But the thing is, when I look through the American League, it's hard to find who else might fit there. The Astros have been there the past, I mean, over half the decade. They've been in the ALCS, even last year. I mean, they were in the World Series last year. Um, right? Yeah, they were in the World Series. got—they <laughs> got, got That's
1: why the Braves were yeah. America's champions.
0: Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in the World Series last year. And the Yankees just seem unbeatable. I mean, we talked about that. I don't want to go through it, but like they have a 12-game lead over the Blue Jays in the East. That's the same difference between the Guardians who lead the Central and the Royals who are in last place in that division. I mean, so they just look so good that I I, I really don't think they'll have trouble winning a series, right? They just need to win one series. So, So what would it be? The winner of the third versus sixth. So let's just say it's Twins- versus Guardians, Twins versus Red Sox, something like that. They'll have to play the winner of that wild card and then just win that and then they're in the championship series. And probably same with the Astros, right? They'll play the Blue Jays versus, you know, one of those other wild card teams. I don't think the Yankees want the Red Sox in the playoffs. That's my (laughs) statement.
1: I understand. I totally I agree with everything that you said. They look unbeatable. I'm not even trying to trash New York. Right now, I think consensus, number one power ranking, best team of baseball. I don't even think that's a question. There's no debate there. I'm just saying I have a weird, sneaky, gut suspicion that the Yankees do not go all the way this year. I don't know why. You know, It's not coming from a hateful place. It's just a weird suspicion that it's almost too good. They're almost too good, and I think at times that, that's that been an issue. We've seen it be an issue. I mean, and maybe that's a pessimist to me. I've watched Los Angeles teams be incredible, get folded by the Washington Nationals. So it's like, you know, what are you going to do? I do think Astros are there. But I want to give you my take back, Max. I have one last take. Give me a – And I'm interested – because I have the take I really like. That's really spicy. I mean, scorchingly hot. But when I set the take, it was before a critical injury today. I don't know if I feel as confident there. I have a supplementary pick I can go to that's more of a homer pick, uh, kind of a stats parlay. Which pick do you want? Do you want the spicy one that I'm not as confident in anymore? Give me or the homer. One. This is my spicy pick. I'm going to preface this, and I'll get into my preface after I say the, the pick. I've given up some faith, not all my faith. The Seattle Mariners finished second in the American league West. That's my take my preface before you respond. I set this before Ty France's arm got absolute shattered. Pretty horrifying scene. There looks like the exact injury that got Muncie. We we've seen the recovery from that.
0: I don't know. I hope he's okay. I made this prediction with Ty France healthy. I, so let's assume they have Ty France. I still think you're reaching. This team's not a second-place team. Every, every time I watch them, they're just disappointing. I know they put up eight runs or something, and Julio is great. could pro- Probably going to win an AO Rookie of the Year. Um, but this team is just not performing well, and I have no hope that they'll turn it around. Adam Frazier is not hitting. Jesse Winker's not hitting. I like some of their players, J.P. Crawford, um, and and Ty France has been unbelievable. But right now, them sitting at 32-39, and I get that the Rangers aren't, well, I mean, I I don't think they're for real. And they're in second place, and the Angels, between them, I don't think that the Mariners are a better team than the Angels. I just don't. And so I, I think the standings will reflect that at the end, and I think the Mariners will finish In third place, the the same way I think my preseason predictions were, unless I had Angels at third. But it's going to go Astros, Angels, Mariners, Rangers, Athletics.
1: I'm saying, they played pretty terrible baseball through the first half, and they're two and a half games back of second place. You never know. I just don't think it'll happen. Angels don't even have a real manager or a real city. Once again, they don't play out of Los <laughs> Angeles. So couple things to think about make this a little more complicated. I mean, I, I know it's a reach. Again, I know it's pretty spicy. I think it's rich, but I think it happens. If they have tie France, I think their second-half team, I think maybe Winker wakes up a little bit, realizes we're out of the Queen City, starts slapping some balls around. Things could get juicy. I mean, maybe Robbie Ray remembers how to throw a baseball. Who knows? Right. A couple of these things go into place. They were a crazy, incredible second-half team to watch last year. I'm banking True. on that same energy. If they come back with that energy, I think they run away with second. Maybe not run away. I think they
0: have, they get second place if they come back with that hey, same Hey, honestly, energy. I hope so. I like that team. I'd like to see that maybe, maybe even push for a wild card because it's not, you know, the, the third wild card spot is not out of reach by any means. But, James, the Mariners – are a bit dicey right now. Let's turn to spicy and dicey before we wrap it out um, with lock of the week and then preview quick of Sunday night baseball. One team that's hot, one team that's not. I think this will be interesting. I really do. Um, I I think we might see some crossover, but give me your spicy team. So this whole episode
1: is incredibly interesting. This is only going to add to it, add to the lure a team that I've been minorly critical of so far this episode and a team that we've avoided citing in the past that they're just too good. And it's what you predict. I've got the New York Yankees. I have to put them here. You know, again, it's not the best, uh, you know, last 10 that they've had eight and two over the last 10 still incredible to me. It's the way it happened. One of those games was just a ravaging of the Cubs. I mean, literally like a 14 run, when ravaging, they took two from the Rays, lost a game by one run. They took two from the Blue Jays, clobbered the Blue Jays in those two games, lost a game by one run. They swept the Rays then again after that Blue Jays series. I mean, it, it's the fact Bill that not only win. are uh, they, well, they had one sweep, sorry, they swept the Blue Jays, they swept the Rays, then they uh, played the Blue Jays where they dropped one. Then they dropped one to the race. Um, it's that stretch. I mean, those are all good AL East teams, teams that we expect to be They're teams that are playoff caliber that they need to be. And it's the fact that they're playing so well, absolutely taking care of business, beating just beating divisional teams, beating really good baseball teams pretty easily. That's why I picked the Yankees. I mean, they've been great all year, but this stretch particularly, I mean, no one's in their way. Which is again why it's crazy. I have them here. I just have a
0: weird juju. They're not going to a World Series and division rivals too, right? That those two teams are beating up Rays and Blue Jays, big division rivals. I mean, it's a great pick. They've been spicy all year. I mean their their record is unbelievable to be fifty one and eighteen. It's just like a joke. Um, so I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good pick. I'm actually doubling down on my pick last week. I'm picking the same team. I'm going Cleveland. I mean, this is the hottest team in baseball. You, you can't tell me otherwise. They are the youngest team in baseball, first of all, and they lead the AL Central right now. We talked about this huge twin series, and they won the series with two unbelievable wins. Unbelievable wins. In the first game, they come back and win in an extra. on the road. And in game two, they put up a four spot in the ninth inning, and in the top of the ninth, to take the lead by one, and then close it out, Emmanuel Clase. This team is unbelievable. 8-2 and in the last 10. uh, Starting the series with the Red Sox tomorrow. I'll be at game one. Very excited. This team is really, really special. And I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs. And I think they're going to make some noise. Interesting. I, I can see them sneaking into the playoffs.
1: I don't know about noise. I mean, again... But I do agree with you. And normally this pick, I normally would bust your balls. It's kind of a homer, double down. Like this is just getting lazy. Completely support it. Completely agree with it. it. It would be criminal to not have the Guardians on this graphic, to not have it in this segment. I mean, the baseball they're playing, the teams they're beating, they just walked into Los Angeles and beat the Dodgers. I mean, they are playing incredible baseball and in they're they've kind of been in there. We've talked about, they've been flirting with the playoffs a little bit this whole season. I feel like they've established themselves. They're a real threat now when you're playing the guardians that no longer is a gimme game.
0: You got to show up. Think about this road stretch they've gone on three game sweep in Colorado win two out of three in LA win two out of three in Minnesota division rival where they're fighting for the division lead. I mean, it's, it's been an incredible stretch of baseball. And again, This is the youngest team in baseball with so many rookies up and playing. Quan, Oscar Gonzalez is unbelievable. He's really so good. Um, I I just think this team has a lot of bats. Ahmed Rosario has been really playing a great, great baseball this last month. Um, And it's got to be the Guardians here. They have the most runs in, in the ninth inning in all of baseball. Yeah. They, they look electric and I was not expecting
1: this at all. I know I was more critical. Um, yeah, And now my tone on the whole guardians organization has shifted a bit. The fact that they actually, someone wisened up, grew some balls and signed Jose Ramirez. Still, it kind of upsets me that they just destroyed his market value and he just accepted that at least they're trying, but this, the team leaving the organization out of it, this team's incredible. I mean, they're so fun to watch. They have like this culture, this contagious, they're just dogs. And I feel like this kind of, I don't know, maybe, how do you feel about this? I think that everything that happened in Yankee Stadium, I feel like that kind of set the tone. Like once that happened, the team, Miles Straw up the gate, yelling at people, just kind of locked in. And it's
0: like, okay, we're going to put our backs against the walls and win some baseball games. I, th- I mean, yeah, I-, I think this team reminds me a lot of the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're just kind of like these young guys weren't expected to do really well, but they're just dogs, right? They just come in and get wins scrappy. They're good players. They have an identity. They have a culture, and they believe in the players around them, and it's proven to work well now. Um, and I, I don't know. I think this team is special, whether they make the playoffs and go far this year or, or the next in the next couple of years. I think this team has a lot of potential and, and a lot of great players to help them get there. Yeah, love the pick there. They're scorching hot. Go Dice. It's, it's going to poor team.
1: Oh, this, this one's tough. This one's very tough because there's one that I really want to do, and then there's one that I feel like I have to do. I'm actually going to leave it to you. I'm going to let you do this back-to-back just so I can see if you're going to do the team that I have to do.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because there, there is a team I'm going to do. I'm pretty set on it. I think they they can deserve it for this week. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I mean, I know, right, they were playing the Yankees. They lost two out of three at home. Brutal. But they also went to Baltimore, lost two out of three, all three of those games by one run. They got swept by the Yankees before then. Lost the series to the Twins before that. So, I mean, they've just been really p- poorly performing. And this is a team that was the number one wild card spot for a while. As standings currently uh, sit, they're a game out of the third spot. So this team's on the struggle bus right now. I-, I wonder if this is more the reality of who this team is, right? They were kind of overperforming and it was like the Rays again, they've done it. Uh, they figured something out that we don't know. Or if this is just who this team is. Um, and they were overperforming for the first half, first third of the season, I guess you could say, but I'm going Tampa Bay. Max, I love you. I love the
1: pick. That's the team I had to do. It had to be touched on. I mean, they've been in the conversation all along. They just fell off the map out of the wild card, fourth in the division. Of course, everything's very close margins. You know, they're not out of the picture just currently out of it. I, I, I think that they bounce back. I for some, I think that Raysian style that we've talked about, they have just have figured out a way to win games with less. That's the only way I know how to describe it. They just win games with less. I feel like they're going to – in like their game, it's all analytics. It's all long-term, you know, expected values and outcomes. I think it picks up. Now, I'm not sure that they're able to punch themselves into a playoff spot with that. I think they could have been overperforming as the second – team in the division for most of this year already. Love the pick, though. And again, if you're the Rays, like yeah, the Yankees may beat you, but they can't brutalize you like they did. I mean, you won one game, and it was by a one-run margin out of seven games. That that can happen. Maybe it was six games. I think it was two, three-game series. But still, can't happen. Love the Tampa Bay pick. Where are you going with it? I'm curious. I'm ecstatic because you opened me up to do one that you know, th- there's a rant in coming, and here's what's going on. We said we would not put this team back on the dicey. They're forever. They're permanently dicey. I have to go Cincinnati Reds as my dicey team. The empirical justification, they're on a seven-game losing streak. I hardly care about that. We've talked about it. They're not trying to win nothing, you know, whatever. I am upset. I'm tilted, I'm angry, coming out of Great American Ballpark. And again, I love Reds fans. I think they're amongst the best fans of baseball. They're just great fans. They support an ownership group that kicks them in the ribs relentlessly. They still show up. As I said, they had that place rocking at like half capacity. Couple jackasses in my section are the sole reason that the Reds are getting tossed on the dicey graphic. You know, there are seven-game losing streaks. I want to highlight that. But I just want to highlight this organization because they were saying – Ludicrous comments about the Dodgers, quote unquote, Mickey Mouse ring, which again, uh, you know, again, one in a different format. Reds wouldn't have been in the playoffs without that special format where there was more teams to beat for a World Series. Whatever we can get into that Mickey Mouse or not. I think I think it's a legitimate World Series, but that's one like to stand on. They continued the chirping by going, why don't you try and win a real ring? I got a newsflash since I grow the hell up. The Dodgers have won seven championships. Take the Mickey Mouse out, six championships. What is that? More championships than you'll sniff in your entire lifespan as an organization. I mean, what are we doing here? Like these jackasses, they left early, of course. I mean, piss poor. They're chirping Trace Thompson, who's basically a triple-A baseball player, chirping him, saying his brother's a bum. His brother just won his fourth NBA championship. These are the losers that hold Cincinnati back. They know nothing about winning. You're chirping winning organizations in L.A. You're chirping the Warriors for continuing to win championships like it's their job. So it's just like, whatever, you're dicey, you're not winning, seven-game losing streak. Thank you to the three jackasses who were in the right field section in Cincinnati you got the Reds back on this graphic.
0: I, I don't think the the Dodgers ring was a Mickey Mouse ring, but I also don't think you should slander the history of the Reds. Like they've they've sniffed plenty of World Series themselves. They've been there nine times, won five rings. So I mean, they're they're not a perennially poor franchise. I, I agree. no, and and I love the Red. I mean, they're the first
1: MLB franchise. Like I want nothing but the best for them. It's just like. Dude, what are you doing? Like, you do you see that 42 hanging on your fucking ring of honor? Let's start wising it up. You know what, franchise? Like, it, it just drove me nuts. It's like, you you know, let, look, I don't want to bash the Reds, but it's like, why are you coming at the neck of Jackie Robinson and his accomplishments? Fair the
0: enough. Fair enough. I, I think it's a good pick. I mean, regardless of what those guys said, too, I mean, they are on a seven-game losing streak. So, you know, they, they have been playing poorly of late, even if they're playing pretty tough opponents right now.
1: Without the losing streak, I would not have picked them. And without the guys' comments, I would not have picked them. It was a little two-pronged approach here. And I couldn't have done it without the Rays already known. They're on the graphics. So Cincinnati, really, am hoping the best for you. I hope the team gets sold. It's something we want to work on at our end. We got to get you guys good owners. It's great culture down there. And I know outside of those three fans, I love the rest
0: of the Reds fans. Just want to make that clear. But Fuck those kids. How about Mock the Week, James? We've been killing it recently. I think that's two straight each. Um, we've really turned things around. I mean, we were due. We'll say that. I'm, I've got something interesting this week. I mean, not super interesting. I, I, the series bets have worked for me the past two, right? I picked Yankees over the Blue Jays. I, I forget who I picked before then. I picked Guardians over the Rockies. But I'm, I'm going to Sunday Night Baseball bet here. Um, we I mean, we'll, we're going to talk about what Sunday Night Baseball is. Obviously, it's a huge matchup. I'm so excited for it. But Dodgers at Braves. Freddie back in Atlanta. Sunday Night Baseball. The Cat Gonsolin versus Strider on the mound. In Atlanta, though. Give me Dodgers money line, though. I, I just think the Dodgers are going to win this game on Sunday Night Baseball. I like I I think that you might get decent odds on it because the Braves have been playing really well recently and it's at home, but Freddie's going to show up. I'm thinking two bombs for Freddie and Dodgers win. I love the
1: pick. I mean, I think it's an incredible pick. In fact, it's uh, my sheet, my lock of the week. I have three bets laid out. That's the first one. I'm tempted to buy in. I don't know if it has to be done. Last time we did a joint consensus bet, it went terribly. I feel like we have to rewrite the script. I want all eyes on Sunday Night Baseball. That's why we preview it. I'm hopping on with you, Max. We're doing it. It's a sweat, you know. It's not even a homer pick. Tony Gonson has been incredible. That was my other uh, preacher reach was going to be about Gonson. I think Freddie hits a bomb. At least it's two bombs a series. Definitely hits one on Sunday Night Baseball. I love the pick. I don't want the line. I'm a big run line guy. I don't want that. I'm sweating. Just money line. Give it to me even. I agree with you. I think you actually get probably plus 110 on the Dodgers in Atlanta. Sunday night baseball, you're going to have to turn in. Make money with us. I mean, we've been hot eggs. Again, I won on the Sandy Alcantara. I knew the Marlins walked in a city field on Sunday. Just brutalized the Mets. Uh, Sandy Alcantara actually going against the Mets again on friday i think yeah on friday almost went there almost went back to back sandys this bet's too good to avoid consensus round and third lock of the week you're gonna want to put your money behind the los
0: angeles dodgers behind the cat tony
1: gonsolin taking down the braves
0: i mean that's pretty much the preview james too i mean it's dodgers braves like we said it's super exciting i mean there's not much more to say about this matchup and how great it's going to be um I'm super excited for it. I'm I'm sure you're super excited for it. How could you not be? I mean, what a great weekend of baseball this is. We get Yankees-Astros. We get Dodgers-Braves. We get Blue Jays-Brewers. Lots of good stuff. Guardians-Red Sox. Guardians-Red Sox. Cardinals-Cubs, too. I mean, it's not a great matchup, but it's a big rivalry. Lots of good stuff. And I think this will be just an excellent cap to the night on Sunday. Excellent cap to the, the week of baseball. Freddie Freeman back in Atlanta on primetime. K-Rod cast is back, too. Yeah, K- K-Rod is on. I don't know if I'll watch
1: this K-Rod, but I have kind of missed it, so I may tune in a bit. I imagine Freddie gets his World Series ring presented to him. It's going to be a whole spectacle. If the Bra- yeah, I think the Braves should wait till Sunday to do that, but they'll probably do it on uh, Friday. Regardless, This is what Sunday Night Baseball is about. I mean, this is how I think this game should be used. Give us the juiciest, the best storyline, the matchup. You know, there's other great matchups that can be there, but it's the story, the pageantry. Freddie's back in Atlanta. I love it. I'm hyped for it. It's of course must-watch television, in my opinion. No question. Got to see it and make money with us. I mean, Max, we are on a heater. I like the strides. I like that we both came to this conclusion. I mean, are we going three and zero, or are we going three
0: and 0 Don't I have a lead on you right now or is it still tied? I thought I took it's, a lead, but maybe I'm wrong. I think it's still tied, but we may have to check back through our, uh, our past. Uh, yeah. Bets. Either way, we're hot right now. So we'll hope so, we can keep it up. Should be a great weekend of baseball games.
1: Yeah. Scorching hot. Let's make a little bit of money. And, uh, I guess a little disclaimer at the end. Uh, I feel like I did just kind of annihilate the Reds real quick just because of those kids. But uh I really do hope that they fix their situation. I mean, that, that's a very sad – those fans deserve so much better except those kids. Uh, but what a great, great weekend of baseball, Max. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to hopping back on Monday, recapping this. In the meantime – Stay up to date with us on Twitter. That's Rounding Third now. On Instagram, where we'll drop show graphics, clips, a bunch of fun content there. That's Rounding Third podcast on Instagram. Get on those media. Just keep it going. Let's keep the conversation rolling. A lot of interesting points for you to give us feedback on in this show. How do you feel about it? Talk to you guys next time.